Hello and welcome to All the World's a Stage. It's a podcast, which is a sort of radio programme that we're listening to at the moment, all about what goes on for people with dementia at Festival Theatre in Edinburgh. My name's Willie Gilder. I have Alzheimer's disease. We're going to be talking to well-known people, not-so-well-known people, people behind the scenes at the theatre, all sorts of folks who go towards putting together an exciting programme of events and activities. It's fantastic. It's so easy. And anyone and everyone can come and enjoy. It's, it's for everyone. And it's brilliant. But it's great fun. The fact that it's available for everyone. I'm 96. I try to dance. <laughs> it's just so friendly and happy. For all of us, these places take us to a different level. It's not ordinary life. It's coming together around the arts, whether that's singing, tapping your foot, dancing, whatever it is. And when life is tough because you've got dementia or you've got any lots of other things, those special moments are even more special. So those were a series of interviews that I recorded at the Capitol Theatre's dementia-friendly event called Tea and Jam. I was interested to hear about how people with dementia felt coming into the theatre. Were they comfortable? Were they happy? Was the path to the event level and easy to navigate? Was it clear where you had to go? Most importantly, did they feel welcome? Coming to the theatre after you've had a diagnosis of dementia can be a little bit daunting. You might worry about losing your way, about not knowing what time everything happens, about will there be a toilet close by? I, for one, struggle with places where there's lots of shiny reflections. And I know that actually Capital Theatres have gone to quite a lot of length to make the whole appearance of their foyer area dementia-friendly. It turns out that Capital Theatres has got its own designated front-of-house manager who focuses on patron access requirements. Her name is Kim McKenna and she joins me now. So, Kim, what's your job title and what actually is it that you do? So my job title here is front-of-house assistant, but I have access as my main role within my front-of-house title. Now, the theatre's been pioneering what they call accessible shows How do those differ from the shows that everybody else comes to? Well, I've been doing accessibility shows for many years. I actually started off at Perth Rep Theatre doing Mm. accessible shows. And then when I moved here, that kind of came with me and everyone sort of said, oh, you've done that before. Great, you can carry on doing it. So the accessible shows that we do here is audio description for our blind patrons, BSL for our deaf patrons or hard of hearing, and captioning performances for... Um, if you're a bit deaf or hard of hearing, which is subtitles. And those will happen on just about every single one of our shows, as long as it's at least a week long. So how difficult is it to persuade people who wouldn't normally come to the theatre that this is a friendly way of coming to the theatre? Because coming to the theatre can be a bit intimidating, can't it? Absolutely. And I think if you have a disability of blind, deaf or hard of hearing, it's a niche thing. So you really, if you want to access the theatre, you really are looking for something that's going to enable you 
you to enjoy the theatre more. So that's why we put on those performances. However, in saying that, the Festival Theatre is, I think, one of the most accessible venues I've ever really been to. And we have fantastic staff who are trained on how to help people, wheelchair users or carers or really anybody with a disability, or actually just anybody. But we're really lucky here that we have a lift that goes to all the levels and we have bars that are easily accessible and, of course, a stage that's flat and accessible as well for even actors who want to perform who are wheelchair users. Yes, I mean, I've come to a, an opera production here, the only time I've ever been to opera in my life, where the house lights didn't come all the way down, so you didn't get that kind of slightly scary feeling of being in the dark. Is it difficult to persuade actors and people on stage to take part in something like that? So that's relaxed performances. I think when the first word was bandied around, I don't think actors really knew what that meant. But I'd say all of them wanted to do it. But how they would feel about it, how they would get on, I think was going to be tricky. But I think once you've done one, that's you off, you're flying. And actors should be adaptable. They should be able to perform in the dark, perform in the light, perform with sound effects, not sound effects, because that's what they're trained to do. What I loved about that production was as a gentleman came on and, and explained what was going on and to be frank I, I hadn't got a clue it was all sung in Italian and, and, and everybody looked a bit alike and it was quite hard to follow the plot and that really helped me kind of feel a bit more relaxed. You should come to one of our captioned performances. I watched Miss Saigon. It's a musical but it's kind of quite sang operatic and it was a very long time ago where captions weren't in Scotland yet and I was looking at them to see if there was something more to do here. And I can tell you Miss Saigon took on a totally different meaning. So what do you mean a captioned performance? So this is where basically at the side of the stage, I suppose you'd call them subtitles that's words on a screen so every time the actor speaks the lines appear so like you get on the television for yes. people who are so it's hearing. a script but it also gives you so if birds are tweeting it'll come up you know in brackets birds tweeting it, so it gives you the sort of stage directions as well because it's quite hard to hear the words in some musicals isn't it and Miss Saigon particularly difficult I think to understand the words so when I read the captions honestly I was like oh that's what she's singing about so this is a good example of if you make theatre more accessible for some people you make it more accessible for everybody. Absolutely. I really think that is true. But also what I quite like is that we do accessible performances on the same day every week. So if you didn't want to watch one with captions, there's other performances to come to. But if you wanted to come to a caption performance or any of our other accessible performances, they're always on the same day each week. Relaxed performances are more sporadic. We don't have them all the time, more for our longer running shows like the opera or the ballet or the panto. When I grew up a very long time ago, going to the theatre, you had to dress up certainly had to put a collar and tie on those days are they behind us now well do you know yesterday only yesterday somebody i heard a patron say oh isn't it nice that people get dressed up i quite like that people make an effort and get dressed up however if you wanted to come in your hoodie and your jeans as long as you're coming to see something i don't really care do you get numbers of young people along we do because you've got the musical theater and edinburgh has a rich element of students and we have very good student tickets so we do get a lot of the younger generation through and you know i've got kids who are certainly getting to that age where i say to them come on come and see this you'll enjoy this they won't believe me but when i get them here then they enjoy it and at the other end of the age spectrum how old's your mum oh, oh she'll kill me for saying this now my mum's 89 but she'll be 90 in february and she literally comes to anything and everything and she loves it partly because in her words it gets her out the house uh, and to come to something but because she comes to everything she honestly sees a wide variety of performances and the only thing she wasn't keen on was a Chinese opera as Alex said she's a well-kent face everyone knows my mother she won't remember anyone's name but everyone knows my mother because she's <laughs> I take after her she's quite chatty and she's 
she's just a really happy, exuberant person. And she always said to me, actually, when she was a young girl and out in the neighbourhood, and she'd see little grannies behind the curtains twitching and sort of giving dirty looks to the kids. And she always said, I never want to be that type of person. And I can tell you she isn't. <laughs> she will come in and get her double gin and tonic and then tell me she's not eating. Then I have to get her something to eat. But she loves the theatre and she loves getting out and she's, she is a riot. Now, I suspect as somebody who works in the theatre, you're not meant to declare favourites. But what do you most enjoy coming to see? <laughs> I love the musicals. I like cheese and I don't care that I like cheese. I like the cheesy musicals. I like the cheesy comedies. I like to be entertained. I don't mind opera, but you know, you have to really concentrate and or ballet when, you know, there's so many steps. I just want to sit back and let it wash over me. And musicals do that for me. I just, I like being happy. So if you had to choose a favourite song from a favourite musical? Uh, well, do you know, there's a few now here. The shows I've come here, Six is now one of my favourites. What a great show. Isn't it? It's so oh, good. Oh, yeah. And owes so much of his success to Edinburgh, actually. I know, it's fabulous. And actually, there was uh, Megan and Marketing kept going on about this six performance and I was like what the earth is she talking about and I thought well I'll just pop my head in oh I loved it and then I brought I've got a daughter who's 11 and I said you need to come and see this she loved it her friends loved it I came again and watched it it's such a good show girl power all based on the six wives of Henry VIII and very popular in the fringe and has gone on to great success in in London and I think it was opening Australia the last time I was here and it was going across there it's fabulous fantastic so if you had to try and convince somebody to come along to the theatre who perhaps hasn't been for quite a long time. The theatre is, is such an enriching thing in people's lives. It takes you out of the humdrum, you know, all the stuff you do on a day-to-day basis. You can come in, forget everything, go into a different world, enjoy what's on stage and get a lovely ice cream at the interval. Kim, thank you so much for everything you do to make the friendliest theatre in Edinburgh even more friendly. Let's hear from Alex Howard. <laughs> Thank you, Willie. Now, as well as playing host to people living with dementia, we also do our best at Capital Theatres to provide a friendly environment for carers. Many submit their poems, stories and songs to our in-house magazine, Dementia Arts, and it's from this publication I'm going to read a wonderful poem from today. It's called The UK's Secret Service, and it's by Kerry Black, who writes about her experience as a carer for her mother. Nobody sees a carer. Nobody sees a spy. We're an invisible band of workers. Have you ever asked yourself why? While James Bond struts around the place in a dashing dinner suit, most carers struggle to recollect the last day they had oot. He's fortified by gadgets, supplied by the amazing queue. We're lonely and underfunded, always needing an extra money, penny or two. We're always on the go. We rarely get time to relax. If we were like James Bond, we could escape on big jetpacks. His life is full of glamour. He loves to sip on champers. Our lives are filled with duty and dirty laundry hampers. We have no job description. We have no stated hours. Oh, to be a spy and have some superpowers. To flee our caring duties. To go out and meet a pal. I'd settle for a cafe. I don't need Casino Royale. Though we all have our families and live to show our care, sometimes it would be nice if someone else was there to give a little hand to provide some great respite. James Bond didn't need a befriender to let him out at night. We're standing in the shadows. We don't wear any disguise. We're the UK's real secret service. We're the carers. 
not the spies. And now for the shipping forecast, issued by the box office as of 1800 hours GMT. A calm falls upon Capitol Theatres upon hearing news that the old lady of Leven Street, the King's Theatre, is to be saved from a fate worse than student flats. Mood good, becoming very good. Excitement levels reaching Storm Force 9 in box office as Hamilton goes on sale. Pressure high rising to very high as phones go online at 11am. Visibility poor under the haze of a smoking, overworked ticket printer. Rooftop bees industrious with spring fever. Honey gloopy, becoming smooth upon sampling the new coffee from the cafe. Capital Theatre's lift returns to full working order, rising up to levels 4 and 5 and going down to ground and B. Self-esteem temperamental, now improving thanks to its new facelift and interior lighting. This concludes the Capital Theatre's shipping forecast, issued by the box office as of 1800 GMT. In today's All the Worlds A Stage, we heard from Kim McKenna, Capital Theatre's access specialist and front of house manager. For access questions, Kim can be contacted directly on 0131 622 8092. The interviews at the beginning of the episode, featuring Margaret, Joy, Clara, among others, were taken from Tea and Jam, a recurring Capital Theatre's dementia-friendly event which takes place on the last Monday of each month. The event is free, but booking is essential. To book your place, give us a call on 0131 529 6000. This podcast was made possible thanks to funding gratefully received from Age Scotland and About Dementia. The presenter was Willie Gilder, the researcher Anne Burnett, and the editor myself, Alex Howard, the creative engagement coordinator here at Capital Theatres. We hope you enjoyed this episode and we look forward to having you tune in again soon. Good night.